What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 45 of the Triage Method podcast. It was recommended last week by one of our listeners, good friend of mine, Christopher Fleming, that we actually get some intro music to the podcast. So, Paddy, I reckon you actually just sing a song to start this one. I actually, I actually don't really sing much songs, but I know you're you're into your rebel music. So, uh, go on, sing us a nice tune there. <laughs> actually, <clears throat> is Delta around? She can sing us a song as well. Would you like to sing a song? <laughs> no. Come out, she black and tans. Come out and fight me <laughs> like a man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough right that was so what are we talking intro. about Paddy? how are you are you fantastic i am absolutely fantastic i'm looking out now onto the mountains the dublin mountains whoever calls them the wicklam mountains oh man i will execute them right here and now um <coughs> looking out onto the dublin well calls them that. yeah i know he's a liar though um they're they're the dublin mountains and uh just looking at it. it's actually beautiful there's just a load of snow covering it might go up for a yog up there later on uh, it, it would be good crack but uh, anyway i am fantastic it is actually really sunny here i know the, the fucking rest of ireland has a lot of snow and has had snow the rest last few days but basically that mountain stops all the snow from going anywhere near my house so or the rain as well it's fucking pretty great. much the same as us it's fucking great like but anyway i am fantastic what are we talking about today gary Today we're going to talk a little bit about adherence and it's not going to be so much like how to be adherent to a plan, but more so the actual like problems with maybe being too adherent or trying to be too adherent and also just having generally poor adherence to either a training or nutrition plan. Because obviously this is like, it's not a black and white thing because some, like some people will literally go through their whole lives without ever following a strict nutrition or training plan and they have very positive outcomes in terms of strength endurance um, muscle mass etc and you'll typically see that in terms of people who are maybe outliers like maybe you'll see people who join the military and they just have this sort of hardcore mindset they always put effort into their training etc they're never like they're not your typical like person who's susceptible to obesity etc and those type of people have these outcomes and then they might be like to you oh what, what the fuck you following a plan for like that's stupid um and then you have other people that are maybe following trying to follow a plan so rigidly that they're just not even getting anywhere like they're fo- they're following a plan so rigidly that it's just it's too much for what they're actually trying to achieve and there's di- there's different levels to all of this so that's essentially where we want to start this conversation so basically what you're talking about is the dichotomy of adherence <laughs> adherence <laughs> yes sir um, yeah so it is one of those things that is quite obvious when you see it and quite unobvious or whatever the fucking opposite of obvious is uh, when you don't see it right because when you look at your dietary approach when you look at your training approach you can look at that and go oh well obviously being like a hundred percent adherent to it is the best option right and to an extent like that's obviously true you know if you're 100 percent adherent to your training plan and you're 100 percent adherent to your uh, nutrition plan like you would presume that you're going to get the best results 
However, that's not always necessarily the case because there has to be some, I don't know what you would call it, some some sort of acknowledgement that you are human, right? That there are you don't have these perfect days, that you don't have this perfect recoverability. You, like for for example, people always go on and be like, "Oh, I just always stick to my plan. I always stick to my plan," but they don't even factor in the fact that, like you know. Sometimes they have trouble sleeping. Sometimes they have trouble, you know, just getting to sleep. You know, maybe they're more stressed. They got a phone call in the middle of the night and it woke them up. And it's like, that just doesn't get factored into the plan. So they just assume that they have to be adherent 100% and don't factor in all of these other things. And we've talked about that before. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, you know, all the different variables that you should be thinking of. But just the fact that the plan never changes in response to a changing environment, right? And th- this is something that would ruin you if you were, like you said, like actually in the military. Like if you just had, oh, this is the plan of action, and all of a sudden you notice that there's fucking thousands of enemy snipers up on the roofs over here, and you're like, well, we said we were going to go down this road. Like it, that, that's obviously stupid. You would change the plan of action, right? So you have to have that goal in mind. And then you have to have a a more a, a, a bigger ability to be flexible in your approach to achieving that goal. You know, so that's what we want to talk about. But also, the reason we said it's a dichotomy is because you can also fall onto the other side of that and be super adherent some of the time, and then be in no way adherent other parts of the time. And then you can call that flexibility you know because that's that's what a lot of people do especially you see it on instagram i actually think it's kind of going away in the whole fit fam sphere or maybe i just like well i don't follow pretty much anyone in, in the fitness industry uh but i think it is kind of going away in in the whole fit sphere uh because people are kind of noticing that it's a it's, it's a pretty stupid approach but you would see this where people would you know, oh, I had a pizza. Uh, this is all about flexibility. It's all about you know, you know, uh, keeping it real and fucking whatever else. And it's like you, you just you just fucked up your diet, and you're just trying to make yourself and others feel good for that. You know, so there is that kind of dichotomy where you want to be adherent enough to get results, but you don't want to be so adherent that you're just smashing your head against a brick wall just because you're like, oh, well, this is the plan of action. So I suppose we should kind of discuss it from both angles. And I suppose it's probably easier to discuss the totalitarian adherence, first of all, you know? So how have you seen this play out, Gary, in terms of someone that is very, very adherent to the plan? You know, like they have... The, the Tupperware out, they weigh and track and measure every single morsel that goes into their mouth. They they have a, a quote-unquote perfect training plan uh, designed out. How do you see that person play out in the, the longer scheme of things? Because I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this going like, well, obviously that's going to get the best results because you know, I have my training plan is perfect. I have my, my nutrition perfect. But like, how do you see that on the, the longer scale? How does that play out? Yeah, like you do, you do see this with a lot of people. And like, I think like this happens a lot of the time when clients first come on board, because like, obviously, like when we're coaching people, um, or at least me, I don't know about you. Like, <laughs> my goal is generally to try and educate the person and teach them what is most important. No, Jesus, I, I don't important. do that. No, fuck but like, no, I want them to be paying paying me for fucking <laughs> no, years <I'm> on end. 
obviously fucking I do that, Gary. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, but yeah, I, I think I think even though I don't think we've ever like explicitly talked about this, I think this is something we're we're fairly on the same page about. But basically, I think the way a lot of people this is going on a tangent, but it'll make sense. The way I think most people view the role of science in health and fitness is to find all of these sciencey sounding things and try to factor them into a plan. Whereas if you actually look at the way science like generally works in most fields, like its role in health and fitness is more so to exclude the things that don't really matter. Like that's essentially the way I view it in terms of giving someone a program or giving someone guidance, like being aware of what the science says should ultimately allow you to know what is really important and essentially discard the rest. But that's that's not generally the way it's it's factored in because people will maybe follow some people that are into like functional medicine and integrative integrative fitness and all this sort of stuff and they'll see all these kind of sound bites of sciencey sounding things and hence they're like oh I want a science based approach so I'm going to factor in all of these different things into my plan and then I'm going to try and adhere to every single thing and this is where I think one of the big problems with trying to be like have this militant adherence towards a so-called science-based approach where this becomes problematic because realistically there's only so much things that most people can kind of focus their attention on perfectly like i mean if you're just getting into fitness the chances of you being able to adhere to a plan that has you doing loads of resistance training loads of aerobic training you're doing infrared saunas you're doing like you're meditating, you're like wearing this thing on your nose to help you nasally breathe. And you're doing, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of things that are all factored into your health and fitness program. That's overwhelming for people. And that's, that's, that's essentially one, one route to that, that militant adherence problem, because obviously it's difficult to adhere to all that, but there's also the other side of it where it's sort of the more bro science based approach where it's almost too exclusive as in like, you, you can you can only do these things like this is all that works like you have to eat chicken broccoli rice or you know you, you most people know this approach where you have to eat six to seven meals a day of really really so-called clean foods and there's sort of no leeway in terms of what you're able to do and you do six days a week of training and you do an hour on the stairmaster etc so you've got these these two sort of different sides that bring you to the same end result where adhering to these types of plans is really, really difficult. So this is where I think science essentially plays a role is to teach you what are the most important things that you need to be focusing on and then bring you towards a plan that is easier to adhere to. Because it's not the, it's not necessarily the fact that adherence, even perfect adherence is difficult. It's perfect adherence to these specific things that are difficult. Because realistically, it's not that hard to adhere to, uh, to perfectly adhere to a range of calories, a range of protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and like a, n a number of training days per week in which you perform a number of sets. If that program is flexible, you can be perfectly adherent to that. But I guess it's what you're trying to be perfectly adherent to that brings about a lot of the problems. Yeah, like with that whole science-based approach, basically, yeah, like I'd be on the same page. I just use science as a method of telling me what is stupid and what I shouldn't do rather than a method of telling me what I should do right <clears throat> and that again might seem a bit kind of counterintuitive but that that's that is essentially how science works because there are no absolute truths within science like i'm, I'm sure there, there physically are like uh, absolute truths but there's no 
that's not generally what science is. It's basically a hypothesis that is our best hypothesis, our best working understanding of a topic at this moment, you know, and that's up for debate in the future if more information comes comes about. But basically you should view it as, okay, well, these things are stupid. These things are the things that you should be thinking about when designing your program, when looking at anatomy, when looking at exercise, when looking at nutrition, whatever else. You know, like these are the things that are key variables, but it's not necessarily telling you exactly how to manipulate those key variables, you know? (coughs) Um, So that's, yeah, I'd be on the same page in terms of how I'd, I'd view the the overall overall science with regard to that um but yeah so the the whole adherence thing as well i I always think it's it's a bit like the more you know the more you realize how easy it is to stay on track with everything and still make progress without being that militant person like you said like again like i I always just look at it like nutrition pretty straightforward you know it's like eat uh, enough calories so that you can perform well uh, if you're trying to lose weight you need to be in a calorie deficit if you're trying to gain weight you need to be in some sort of a, a calorie surplus you know pretty straightforward you know there's a, a certain amount of protein that you need in between this range same with fats in between this range and then again the carbs kind of just fill the rest now there's obviously some sort of variability within that but overall if you get your your calories right and you get your protein right the rest of it doesn't really make a huge difference unless you start really going to the extremes right like obviously we're, we're talking in the context of a diet that is getting enough micronutrients as well like obviously if you're just getting oh it's just my calories and just my protein like patrick said and you're literally just eating i don't know haribo and whey to get that you know, like that's obviously not the best approach to go about that. Like, yeah, you probably will lose weight, gain weight or whatever the fuck you're trying to do, but that doesn't mean you will be in the best position health-wise. But overall, you know, eat real food, eat a variety of real food and hit your calories and hit your protein or thereabouts, you're pretty fucking good to go. So it's pretty straightforward with that, you know. Same with, same with the training. It's like, you need to do enough volume so that you can progress in either gaining the strength or gaining muscle, whatever your goal is. You know, maybe it's both of them at the same time. And you can do that however you want to do it. You could do low reps, you could do high reps. Lower reps are probably going to get you to a stronger position faster. Higher reps are probably going to get you to a more muscular position faster. But either way, at the end of the day, they're still going to drive you towards progress as long as you are consistently loading the tissue that you're trying to load. So basically, training is pretty easy. Do enough volume. Don't do too little. Don't do too much. But just make sure that you're progressively overloading the muscles with tension. You know, you're not just going through the motions. You're not just bouncing weights around. After that, it's pretty fucking easy, right? But then, this is again, where we're talking about the dichotomy. The adherence thing is... You can look at all that and go, well, that's actually pretty fucking easy. Like, it's not necessarily easy to do, to implement, which we'll talk about now in a while when we talk about the non-adherence side of things. But you see people kind of look at that and go, that's that's pretty easy. Like, where's the, where's the grind? Where's the fucking, I want to be a warrior going to fucking war in the gym. You know, like, you don't, you don't, they don't see that. So they're kind of like, right, well, I have to make this more difficult. And this is the issue 
with the fitness industry as a whole. Basically, we get our information from bodybuilders and bodybuilders kind of prefer, like they actually enjoy, and it's not like, it's not nothing wrong with them. They actually enjoy being in pain. You know, they like the struggle. They like the the pushing themselves forward. And you, you can even see this all the way down to their drug choices as well. Like they, they choose drugs that have more side effects, even if they're less effective, purely because they can feel it working then you know they can feel like oh yeah i feel this working you know it's like this this doesn't necessarily mean it's the best drug for your overall goal but they like to be able to feel it and again this is the same kind of thing they do with their their nutrition and their training you know it's like you could do you know get to the exact same amount of volume have less overall fatigue you know, maybe you wouldn't get the exact same adapt- adaptation, so it's not necessarily the the exact same thing. But they'll do like these super high rep sets, and just because it feels like they're like, oh, I can feel my muscles; they feel like they're on fire. And it's like you probably could have got a better overall training stimulus if you had done that exact same amount of reps over a few sets. You know, like say you did fifty reps, you just did five sets of ten instead. You know. That's not necessarily true because obviously there are some unique adaptations to those higher rep sets, but you get the idea of what I'm saying. They basically change their training approach so that they can feel like they're working more, you know? Um, so like we, we get our information from those bodybuilders. Oh, sorry, I should say about nutrition as well. Like they actually like to be hungry. Like they want to feel like they're grinding. Like it's like, oh no, Jesus, I wouldn't even add like salt to my food because or any kind of condiments or anything, because that that's that takes away from the suffering, you know? Like, I, I have to suffer to get my goals. You know, I, I have to do an hour of cardio in the morning, starving, and then after it, I'm just going to barely eat enough to keep me fucking alive uh, and do this for multiple weeks at a time. And the more you can suffer with your diet, that means progress, man. That means you're going to be more shredded on stage. You know, that's essentially the way they think right and that unfortunately is how it kind of translates into the fitness industry as a whole you know and this is one of those things that when you first come into the industry well at least as a guy you kind of look up to these big lads and you're like oh man i want to be fucking jacked you know like that's what you kind of look at you look at like phil heath or someone you're like man look at the size of his arms like i want to be fucking jacked man you know so you kind of look to these you gravitate towards what these people are doing you know and you, you actually look at the overall world of fitness right like bodybuilding is a niche 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 sport you know And that's unfortunately where everyone gets their advice from, you know, like they get it from this very, very niche sport. And that's what it is. It's a sport, you know, well, you can argue that it's it's realistically pageantry, not a sport, but at the end of the day, we classify it as a sport, you know? So if you are, you know, playing ga, or if you are playing a field sport at all, if you are doing any kind of martial arts, if you are doing any kind of sporting activities outside of bodybuilding, having this bodybuilding approach to your overall training and your overall nutrition probably isn't the best approach, right? And especially true if you are just a gen pop person who just wants to lose a little bit of weight, you know, gain a little bit of muscle, you know, basically just feel confident, feel good in your skin, be able to move around, you know, pain-free. Why would you take your approach from someone who literally wants to be in pain? They are trying their hardest 
to put themselves into pain. You know, like that's that's the whole premise of bodybuilding. It's like how much pain can I inflict on my muscles? You know, um, so it, it kind of comes, or the information kind of comes from a place that you wouldn't necessarily want to actually do. You don't actually want to adhere to. So it, it is one of those things that the people can kind of fall into the trap of being super super adherent to a plan that isn't necessarily designed for what they want you know they, they essentially fall into the trap of adhering to these extreme practices that aren't actually moving them forward like they are actually moving them forward but they're just so extreme that they're not necessarily the best way to go about it for that individual so you see this again you see people going like oh, i have to time my meals perfectly i have to you know focus on like you said earlier on like focus on these twenty thousand different things that may play a role in this very 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 small percentage point or get me very small percentage point towards my goal but there's no need for them. Like they're literally, they're not a competitive bodybuilder. They're not trying to get proper yoked. You know, they're just trying to lose a few pounds and, you know, tone up a little bit. So it's like, you're making this way harder than it needs to be. And again, this is how you see people. And it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a strange one because it's a very seductive path to go down. You know, like you want to feel like you're suffering a little bit, you know, like I think everyone kind of, likes to feel like they're working towards their goals so if you can be oh i'm a little bit hungry like and i'm working towards my goals like you know like you kind of like that approach but yeah when the further you get into this whole game the more you realize it's like that's that's not necessarily the best way to go about things and this is especially true when you see people kind of really prepping out loads of meals being very like oh it has to be at this this time of day has to be this perfect whatever and now they lose the ability to actually be human i suppose like they're not able to socialize they're not able to go out and talk have dinner with their friends they're not able to do any of the things that normal humans do you know and that's not to say that you should always have to do that but you take that away from yourself you take the ability to you know go for a a walk up the mountains because you're like oh well look i have legs on monday you know i don't want them to be in any way fatigued so i'm not going to do that or someone says oh let's let's book a holiday whenever and you're like oof you know i've done my perfect 12 week training plan out and uh, can we do it after that it's, it's you know like they kind of lose the forest for the trees or overall life for the trees of fallen into the weeds i suppose you'd even say of like oh well i have to have this perfect meal time and i have to have these perfect meal set up they have to have all this whatever perfect stuff or else i might as well not even bother because that's where i see it ending a lot of the time people are like either on or they're off you know and they basically have this militant adherence to either being on or this militant adherence to being off you know and you see this a lot in bodybuilding as well where people are like, I'm on season, I'm boom, everything's perfect. Meal timing, fucking food choices, sleep, everything. Everything's perfect. And then it's like, oh, competition is done. They're maybe still adherent for a month afterwards, you know, trying to not rebound. And then you see them like three months later and it's like, have you, how's training been going? They're like, oh, haven't been training. How's the, the diet going? Oh, haven't been dieting at all. And you're like, do you actually want the goals that you're saying you want or are you just enamored with the the process are you just enamored with 
a certain snapshot. And that's not to say you can't take time off. That's not to say that you have to always be perfect with everything, you know? But what I'm just saying is like this militant adherence kind of seems to be this on off switch, you know? And again, you even see this in like the general population, which we'll talk about now in a second, but you see this where people are like militantly adherent Monday to Friday. And then on the weekend, it's, it's fair game, whatever food is in front of them, whatever fucking sleep schedule is in front of them. They just, who cares? You know? So what are your thoughts on that, Gary? The the whole, just we kind of wrap up the, the militant adherence side of things. Do you have anything else to add to that? Anything else you kind of see people doing that you're kind of like, well, like you're being way too adherent for what you're trying to achieve? Yeah, like I would actually say that like, I'd almost hypothesize that the reason that people are not actually, are not actually putting in the effort 24 or I was going to say 24 hours a day, like 12 months of the year, year round is because of how militant they are. Yeah, during can I get a citation for that? Dieting. Because essentially what people <laughs> in, in, the, in the realm, <laughs> I know, yeah, that's why I said hypothesis. <laughs> like, I, I, we'll, we'll study that. But basically, I think that it would, it's a, it's a fair <laughs> assumption to say that there, there could be some correlation between those two things. But basically what I'm saying is that if you are that person that is more militant and you're absolutely obsessive towards bodybuilding when you are on, then it's probably more likely that you're going to have periods when you are off. Because I don't know very many people, like I, I couldn't even name one, to be honest, who are genuinely adhering to their meal plan, their perfect training plan, literally 12 months of the year. Like I don't know many people like that. Like I know people who, who are able to, do that flexibly you know they have some flexibility in the in the way that they live their life and their nutrition and their training they're fine with that but i don't know very many who are genuinely on regardless of whether they are dieting or in their office off season because like you those types of people generally tend to be willing to put in that 100 effort when they're in maybe a contest prep phase where they're you know they're essentially reaping the fruits of their labor but they're not able to keep it on them when they're in their off season and they're actually making those investments and essentially, if you are more likely to be that person who is actually flexible in their approach, then there's less of a difference between those on and off periods and the effort that's actually required. And hence, I think it's easier to actually adhere to the process continuously over time. And obviously, that's a case of simply looking at the long game, like looking at what are the, the few variables that are really, really important for your results. So, for example, it might be, you know, all right, I need to be in a certain calorie range depending on whether my goal is to gain or lose body fat or gain or lose body weight, rather. And I need to, you know, hit a certain protein goal. And then my carbohydrates and fats are going to kind of vary based on maybe my food preferences, based on the number of calories I'm trying to hit, etc. And then in terms of training, you know that, you know, there's a certain amount of volume I need to be doing. If there are some weeks where I need to change my exercises, that's fine. If I'm going to vary my rep ranges every now and then, that's fine. If I'm not adding weight to the bar every week, that's okay. I can, I can auto-regulate and that's fine. And then I need to be, you know, trying to sleep seven to nine hours per night. And if I, like, if I can do those few things, like I'm fairly on point. And it's, it's much easier to adhere 12 months of the year then to a plan that roughly adheres to the important principles as opposed to trying to be that person who is genuinely following a meal plan that has specific food recommendations, that has specific meal timings, meal frequencies, etc., along with a training program that is just over the top in terms of being like six to seven days per week plus additional cardio, etc. Because like I think that's a, a fair assumption, but at this point, 
that is merely a hypothesis and we can't be uh, making any conclusions. Uh, but yeah, so I actually, I, uh, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> despite the lack of citation that you offered. But anyway, um, yeah, like it, do, it does seem to be the case that the more militant, it's almost like you have this reserve of adherence where the more adherent you are, like the more militant adherent you are, the less militantly adherent you are to that specific plan later on, you know? And again, it probably comes down to just the type of personality someone has in terms of they have a very, you know, all or nothing type of personality. So if they're all in, they're all in. If they're all out, they're all out, you know? Um, but yeah, that's generally how I see it kind of going down. People who are militantly adherent, they may even be able to do it for a year. They may even be able to do it for two years. But generally what you see is these people then end up two, three, four, five years down the line and they kind of just hate fitness. Like they they hate the, the whole approach. They're like, oh, I don't really like training anymore. I don't really like, you know, eating these quote unquote good foods anymore. And they kind of lose their overall love for for the process, love for the game, you know, um, which is kind of sad to see because, you know, they've obviously already put in a lot of time and effort. And that's not to say you can't just give up on it. You know, that's, that's perfectly viable. But I always think that, like, you know, exercise is one of those kind of fundamental things of what it means to be human. Like, you, you think about it, like, logically, like, we could move. Like, life could move before it could think. So... All of these people that are kind of like, oh, well, you know, the, the goal of life should be to, you know, think higher thoughts or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's that's fine. That's definitely a noble aim. But you still have to respect the fact that our very physiology is based on the fact that movement is a requirement. Like thought is not a requirement. So if you have your movement needs sorted, yeah, cool. You can sit in your fucking ivory tower, do a load of studies uh do all your science, do whatever the fuck it is that you're doing, but you have to respect the way your body has evolved. You know, like it, it, you could move, physically move before you could think. Like there's still single-celled organisms, multicellular organisms that can move but can't think, you know, or not even think in a way that we would call thinking, you know. Um, but anyway, so the next point then is the person that is semi-adherent, right? And we touched on one point of it but i actually think the semi-adherence is worse than the all or nothing adherent right to an extent like obviously i i don't like the whole militant approach because it ends up or generally ends up with people just losing their love for everything in, in, in the whole fitness sphere um and i also don't like the semi-adherent approach because it leaves people spinning their wheels and they actually lose a love before they even begin to build that love, you know? So what I'm talking about is the person that is adherent to a plan Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday, they're just off the rails, right? And it doesn't even have to be as complicated a plan like we were saying in Iran, like specific meal timing, specific everything, you know, specific wake sleep cycles, everything. Like, forget even about that. It doesn't even have to be that hard of a plan. It just has to be a plan. So you're adherent Monday to Friday afternoon. And then as soon as Friday comes around, you're out on the piss. You know, you're, you you sleep in on a Saturday. You have no structure to your weekends. And your diet falls completely off track. You, you, Saturday, Sunday are just a write-off. And then Monday, you go about repeating the whole process again, you know? 
it's one of those things that's really annoying because people become really, really adherent to the plan then Monday to Friday because they're essentially trying to make up for what they did earlier or the last weekend and then they go about doing it again the next weekend, right? And it's almost like the shorter version of what we were talking about earlier. People are really adherent for six months, a year, two years, and then just completely fall off the wagon. Essentially, this is a, a shorter version of it where people are adherent Monday to Friday and then on the weekend, they just completely write everything off, you know? So it, it is one of those things that is quite frustrating to watch, to see, because obviously like, you know, you talk to your friends, family or whatever, and they're telling you what they're doing, but also you see like pictures on Instagram or whatever else of them, you know, out on the piss, you know? And it's like, this this is why you're spinning your wheels, you know? You And again, it's not to say that you can never go out on the piss. Well, I personally don't drink. I think drinking is degenerate, but I know Gary, you're, you're fond of a few fucking, what, what, what's that beer did you drink? Oh, disgusting. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So like, I always think it, 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 I actually think the semi-adherent one is worse than the, the militant adherent one, because at least with the militant adherent one, you know, you might lose friends, you might lose family, you might lose your love of bodybuilding or whatever it is that you're doing. But at least you got the results that you were doing it all for, you know, at least at the very end of it, you're like, oh, I did six months of grueling dieting. Like you have the the end product to show for it. You have the results to show for it. The worst one, the worst part about the semi-adherence is you're doing all the hard work. Like you're literally putting yourself through all the hard work Monday to Friday and then fucking it up on the weekend and seeing no results. So you're basically doing the hard work for nothing you know so in my mind i'm like that that's kind of worse because you don't even get an end goal out of that you just get constantly left spinning your wheels you know it's this cycle of ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs and like to me that's just like that roller coaster i just want to get off you know so and i can see why people do want to or do find the whole dieting stuff really really annoying if they have a lifestyle like that because it's extremely hard to get results and again as it is that roller coaster ups and downs it's extremely hard to even want to stay on track because you're like well fuck i'm just gonna fuck it up on the weekends anyway so fuck it monday to friday fuck me up too you know yeah and and i think like the problem there again is like like we're not saying that being having a militant attitude is a bad thing. Like, I think if you, if you are that type of person where you're just like, no, I'm just going to get my fucking work done. I'm like more power to you. Like that's epic, but make sure you have that attitude towards the right things. Like what we're saying is that if you have that militant attitude towards things that don't really matter, like for example, if you had chicken or turkey, it's like, (laughs) that's just pointless or like not having sauce or not having any condiments or anything like that. Like, Like that's just pointless delegating your efforts into things that don't actually matter. So like, have a militant attitude, but have it towards the few things that really matter as opposed to things that don't matter. Like that, that's where this becomes um, a problem. And I, I've always said that like that person, that semi-adherent person is the worst person to be because you are putting in all of the effort and getting none of the rewards. And that is very difficult psychologically because if you, if you are, if you are literally going through all of the struggles Monday to Friday, you're prepping all of your meals, you're missing out on meetings with, with friends and stuff that you could have, you know, 
had that scone that you love or that latte or whatever it is, you know, the things that you actually enjoy in life. If you can't do that, and then at the end of the week, you're actually binging. So you're not enjoying your midweek because you're not doing anything you, any of the things you enjoy, but you're kind of, you're kind of, you're kind of like, you know what, this will be worth it because I'll get results. But then at the weekend, you're also like binging and splurging out. And even though those things might seem enjoyable on paper, you're also not enjoying those because there's a sense of guilt associated with them. And then you run into the next week and the only solution is, oh, well, I have to try harder. But then when you try harder, you're only doing it from Monday to Friday. So you don't really get anywhere. So you're dealing with the psychological burden of midweek militant adherence, the psychological burden of so-called messing up in your eyes at the weekend, and then the third psychological burden of not getting any results. So that's a good time for nobody. So if you're that type of person, like my first step would be to try and peel back, peel back the layers of your approach to the things that really matter. So like, what are the things that are actually going to lead to you getting results? And what are you doing that is above and beyond what is actually required? Because if you're doing more than is required to get to get results, and you're not currently getting results, then it obviously makes sense to try and peel it back and try and make your approach a little bit more flexible. And then what you need to do after that is say, all right, what sorts of cues and triggers, etc, are present in my environment at the weekends, that are that's making this so difficult for me because generally like that's what i find with clients is that it's it's as much uh it's as much to do with their their routine and their environment as it is to do with their discipline you know because like these people can be disciplined midweek when 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 they have everything set up in their perfect routine but when they're sitting around for six hours in the family home and you know mom's baking cookies and scones etc it's like oh damn it that's a different story so sometimes it's as simple as saying you know what, why don't you actually just allow yourself one of those scones and just have a little bit less in your first meal? And why don't you go out for a walk during the middle of the day or meet your friends instead of hanging around the, the house at that time that you know you're most likely to, to eat? And as you begin to identify those triggers, it's much easier to kind of take over um, control of your situation again. So again, what we're saying is that being militant in your approach is not bad. Being militant towards things that don't really matter um, and that aren't giving you a significant increase in your results is a bit of a waste of your effort that could be delegated elsewhere. Yeah, and it's actually really easy to see with the diet side of things. And I think people are way more likely to see it there. They're kind of like, oh, well, obviously that makes sense. Like, you know, <clears throat> for some people, it's obviously going to work very well. They just have a little bit of that scone and they can stop themselves. Obviously, for some people, that's not a good approach. You know, they, they have to be, they have to completely say no because they just can't stop themselves. They can st- can't stop at a bite, you know. Um, so obviously there are differences in the way people approach these things and the way people will have to deal with these things. But I think it's a lot easier for people to see this kind of semi-adherent approach being a poor strategy for the diet because they can go, oh, well, if they just said calories matter, you know, protein matters and, you know, that's that's kind of the biggest thing. Then you can kind of see like, okay, I can see where I'm going wrong with the diet. However, the training side of things is also something that falls victim to this kind of semi-adherent approach, right? And it's actually one of those things that I find is very apparent in people who don't do sports, right? And I suppose I should word that better. Uh, something that I find very, I don't even know how I'd word it better. Basically, people that don't engage in sports, they can have an approach that 
what they're doing now is the be all and end all. They're not building towards something, right? So essentially they're kind of like, whatever their current workout is, whatever their current training program is, that's the be all and end all. They're basically not going into the gym to build strength. They're going into the gym to test strength. You know, that's that's essentially what they, they kind of go to the, the overall approach with. And the same with, you know, the way they approach cardio. It's like it's not to improve their cardiovascular function. It's to test their cardiovascular function, you know. Whereas people going to sports, especially if they've had some sort of good coaching along the way, kind of realize that, yeah, like the gym work, that's just supplementary to my actual sport, you know. So my, my goal is to improve my sport. It's not necessarily to improve my gym work you know like i was having a conversation with one of my friends earlier on in the week and we were just discussing like people's approach to you know strength and conditioning and like realistically at the end of the day all strength and conditioning it's just gpp like i don't care who the fuck you are who what strength scientists what sports and conditioning science or whatever fuck degree you have at the end of the day all the work you do in the gym or all the work you do outside of your actual sport in a sporting context is just general physical preparedness, you know? Improving your squat from 200 kilos to 300 kilos is not going to make you faster on the field. It's not going to make you jump higher. It's not going to make you, you know, kick a ball further. It's not going to make you a better athlete overall, you know? However, getting stronger at squats in general will help you along with those things, but you have to actually practice those things to get better at them you know and this is kind of something that you see more so yeah in in the kind of sporting world where people kind of have these goals they have these sporting goals so their training approaches tend to be more conducive to actually achieving results you know they're much easier to adhere to because if someone comes in they're like yeah look uh, we were really beat up from you know the match on saturday or sunday and it's monday and they have a a leg session planned and they're kind of like look i'm actually just going to take it a little bit easier so that you know i'm not i'm i'm fresher for the next game or i'm fresher long term i want to actually be able to train you know so people that are engaged in sports do generally have a better approach to training however if you're not engaged in sports people kind of view the whole training side of things as essentially testing so if they come in and they have a fucking great day like they go bananas you know they'll be like oh yeah i know on my program it says you know work up to a heavy triple say or something right you know maybe that's the program you're doing and they kind of go yeah actually that triple that felt fucking easy right let's let's work up to a single you know and they just keep going and trying to push themselves harder and harder and it's like this this is supposed to be a plan to get you to essentially peak quote unquote uh, at a certain time you know you know whether it's for your holidays whether it's for just an overall plan you're like oh well in 12 weeks time we want to be stronger we want to be able to squat x man to weight you know what the fuck are you trying to test your the weight you're trying to do right now like this is building towards something it's not testing towards something you know uh, and the same thing appro- applies to you know the muscle building side of things people go in they'll have a good day and they're like huh man drop sets yeah let's do it cluster sets oh fuck yeah let's do it bf4 yeah fuck yeah let's do it like they literally just add every single fucking thing in to the 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 training program even though it's not on the training program they'll just be like yeah i felt great man so you know i did everything you know i fucked myself up it was great and then they realize all right cool well the rest of my training for the entire week is now fucked because 
I've just destroyed myself on that Monday, Tuesday training session. And for what? I just, yeah, okay, cool. I tested myself, but now it's going to take me an entire week to recover from that, you know? So being adherent to the plan of action in terms of your training plan is probably better than being semi-adherent, even in the, the extremes of it. You know, like you might come in, feel great. You know, that's cool. You may be able to do an extra set or two. Like we still want to have some auto-regulation within that. You might be like, look, cool. Actually, you know, maybe a little bit heavier weight. That's fine. You know, you do want to have that ability to auto-regulate your training, right? But you also don't want to just get carried away with it. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm feeling great. You know, I had two days off over the weekend, lots of extra sleep. I'm going to fuck myself up. You know, that, that shouldn't be your mentality, right? And again, it shouldn't be the mentality the opposite side of things in terms of oh the training program says to do four sets but yeah i'm not really feeling it today so i'm only going to do one set like that's fine you know in, in every so often but if you're literally consistently your training program says do three to four sets and you're consistently doing one to two sets you know something needs to change with your overall training approach you know because you're not actually getting the adaptation that you you want to get from having those three to four sets in there so again it it is that kind of dichotomy where you want to have enough flexibility in your approach to it so that you have an ability to auto-regulate you know you're having a bad day you know what's the the minimum you need to do you know you're having a good good day what's the maximum you should be doing and but you shouldn't really be going either side of those and you shouldn't also really be having too many bad days and you shouldn't be having too many good days if that makes sense like you shouldn't be constantly going like oh every fucking monday i feel fucking great and you go in destroy yourself for the rest of the week you know it's like well i'd rather just see you have a more balanced approach to your overall training uh training sessions in the week rather than constantly having this like oh i have a a a good day on monday i have a good day on thursday it's like okay well can we not have a good day every single day that we train like let's let's try to move our approach towards that you know let's move our approach towards having a more balanced good day you know anything adam mccary yeah and i think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the start as well in relation to nutrition like where like science is basically teaching you what is important and, and is what empowers you to actually do the right things. And this applies to training as well, because like if you actually understand that your goal when you're going, when you're going into train is to get specific adaptations and that in order to get there, you need to apply a certain stress, then you can kind of step back and stop being so like romantically attached to the weight on the bar. Because I think, as you said, it is different for people who play sports and people who are training purely for like let's say hypertrophy or general strength outcomes, because essentially how they measure their outcomes is the exact same way that they train. So there's not the, there's not a sort of delineation between those two things. Whereas what I find with a lot of like, I've actually got quite a few GA players that I'm coaching at the moment and they're the way that the way that they report back their progress in terms of strength training is not always related to the PRs that they're hitting, but also related to, oh, I felt strong on the pitch. I'm feeling really strong and powerful. You know, I'm, I'm stronger on the ball, etc. And it's like, all right, I can see why someone like you wouldn't be as worried then about going and trying to beat your PRs every single session because your outcomes actually aren't measured by the weight on the bar. They're measured by you being stronger on the pitch, you being more explosive and achieving the things you want to achieve as opposed to just hitting that PR. So I think that's an important th- thing to to take away for people who are just 
training for the sake of training like i don't mean for the sake of training but you know for building muscle for getting a little bit stronger without a specific sport what you should try and do and what i've kind of tried to do with with some more clients recently is have periods of time where you are focusing on expressing some of that strength that you've built so you can give yourself the chance to maybe strategically test your strength so for example let's say you were doing a 12-week program that was split up to three different fit split up into three different and very generically you were going from like sets of 10 to 12 to sets of 6 to 8 to sets of 4 to 6 on weeks 9 to 12 and at the end of the program you said right I'm going to do an AMRAP so a set where you're doing as many reps as possible with what you perceive to be around your five rep max and then you test that and then you're like oh yes you know I made progress and now you have a, a, a sort of marker that you use for the future but what you don't do during that period of time is say, oh, I'm feeling good today, so I'm going to you know, do as many reps as I can on every set. Because what that does is takes away from your future training. And this is why it's so important to, to not be too emotionally attached to your training, because you have to view it as a stressor. You have to view it as a something that has a purpose for the future, as opposed to something that you're trying to just, you know, essentially sow right now. Like you don't, you don't want to be trying to squeeze everything out of every session, because if you squeeze everything out of every session, you're not going to get the most out of the sessions to come and the subsequent adaptations. So if you can think of it in terms of that, um, that will definitely serve you better. And I mean, this applies across the board. Like if you look at, if you consider like endurance training, for example, like you're not going to have marathon runners running marathons every time they go out to train. Like it's not what they do. You know, they have specific periods of time where they test their progress, but they're not doing that from session to session. And that even applies to nutrition as well. You know, you you may have heard of like strategic uh, carbohydrate periodization, whereby endurance athletes will train on lower carbohydrates sometimes. And that's not necessarily giving them the best performance on that day, but it's supporting the adaptations that they might get in the future. So it's it's not it's it's really about reframing your thought process towards adaptations towards progress and not just towards testing yeah yeah but yeah so i think uh that whole dichotomy of adherence is something that people should think of in terms of their approach to training to the nutrition side of things but also the lifestyle side of things like if you are that all or nothing type of person like notice that and see how you can adjust things so that you don't fall off the wagon in that all or nothing mentality. Like you don't go all all out on being off, you know? Uh, so basically what you need to do is audit your approach, audit your lifestyle, audit your mentality, and then start setting things up or putting things in place so that you can kind of support yourself so that you are able to stay on track. If that's your issue, if you're finding yourself in this kind of semi-adherent state, like set some boundaries, set some goals for the weekend or whatever it is that's making you fall off the wagon. And then same again, if you're this all or nothing type person, like address why and when you are in the nothing mentality and start putting habits and stuff in place to stop yourself from falling into that position, you know? And then also start thinking about what what do you actually want? What is it the physique is it the strength is it the whatever and then look towards 
the other things that you are neglecting in that pursuit like again like if you're not able to go out with your friends if you're not able to do whatever it is like see if that is something that you are actually happy with like if you are happy with it that's cool but if you're like no i actually way prefer being out with my friends i actually way prefer socializing going out with my girlfriend whatever it is then that's something that you have to factor into your overall approach to training to diet etc you know Anyway, Gary, do you have anything else? We're coming up on the hour mark. Do you have anything else to say on this adherence topic? Yeah, I suppose the final thing would just be to to keep in mind the difference between your adherence and what you're trying to be adherent to, because that really does matter. And you need to identify what are the few different things that are going to contribute to your results. And then if you want to try and to be, to be really adherent to those, then that's great. Because the more flexible those things are, the easier adherence is. Um, so adherence itself, even if it's militant, isn't necessarily a bad thing. And that would be the, the take home. Too right, Gary. There's nothing wrong with being adherent to your plan and being on point 99.99% of the time. Just don't be adherent to stupid shit. Like, you know, like, don't do pointless things. Hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really not wrong. Anyway, Gary... I think we will wrap it up here. Do you have anything over the next few months that you'd like to tell anyone about? Anything over the next few weeks? Anything like that? Yeah, I suppose if you if you are like maybe a little bit lost in your programming, then it might be worth considering triage group coaching <laughs> because we are essentially running our monthly group coaching service and you can join at any time. It's pretty cheap. You get your training guidance, nutrition guidance, all the rest of it and support. From yours truly and mr patrick farrell so i mean if you want a program that is hashtag science-based then that might be a good idea but if not we're, we're producing some free articles and stuff like that in our blog this podcast is coming out almost every week <laughs> and you know we're, we're putting stuff out so we're still gonna get we're still gonna get 52 this year I'm of course we are. it's gonna be too easy and again if you have any ideas for the podcast but, guys feel free to drop those questions in as well yeah, that's one thing that annoys me. No one puts their, their questions. People keep telling me, they're like, oh, God, I love the podcast. I love all these topics. And then they'll tell me in person. They'll be like, oh, I'd love if you talked about this. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to forget that, mate. Like, I, just 100%, I'm going to forget what you just said to me. Um, so just drop a question. Like, there's literally a link in this description here where it's like, put your questions in here. We can either do an article on it. We can either, like, we get loads of them in for articles, which is which is pretty nice, you know. We get a few in. That's why we're doing more free articles these days. So if you haven't checked them out, you know, look at them. <clears throat> but no one gives us podcast ideas, you know. So we end up talking about the same shit over and over to a different extent, you know. Um, <clears throat> but then again, I always look at it and I'm like, you know, it is the basic stuff that we're talking about. You know, it's not like, say, like, Jocko Willink or whatever, like on the Jocko podcast, he's just talking about the exact same. Like he literally talks about the exact same stuff. It's not even different in the slightest. It's the exact same stuff over and over and over. Right? People love that podcast. Right? Same as same as Jordan Peterson. And I don't think Jordan Peterson has said anything that is a revelation to anyone. Like the chap's like, clean your room, clean your room. And people are like, Jesus Christ, my God, like I've never heard it put this way. And it's like, and he's just telling you the basics, you know? So 
I kind of don't mind talking about the the basic stuff uh, over and over because it actually does help people, or so I'm told. I don't fucking know. I think the two of us are idiots. Um, but yeah. So anyway, you don't have any plans over the next few weeks, months, years, no? Um, I went jogging this morning, did a cheeky 10K, and me and Laura are about to go on. How long did it take you? Um, How long did it take you? 54 minutes, which is weak enough, like. I think... Yeah, I blame Delta. I think it needs to be about 30 minutes to be, like, gen pop. I actually think 30-minute 30, 30 10K would be fucking juicy enough. Anyway, it's enough shit talk. Uh, do you have anything left to say to your adoring fan? I don't like it. It's too easy. Like, buddy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Right. <laughs> you heard it here first. It is literally too easy, guys. As always, you know, do the whole like, comment, share, subscribe, notification, whatever the fuck. I don't know. You know, uh, tell your friends about us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast stuff from obviously you know you have the triage militia if you want some more educational content we also do free articles we also have group coaching available and obviously one-to-one online coaching available too uh places are limited for that we're kind of filling up which obviously makes sense generally happens at the start of the year like on a january february time so i think we have three maybe five places left on that um but you know get yourself email us the links in the description if you are interested in that because generally what happens every year is we fill up now january january february and then people start messaging us as it gets closer to summer and they're like oh uh, can i can i start with you guys now and it's like well like we're full like it's it's too bad like yeah obviously i understand that you have a summer holiday coming up and you would like to get absolutely jacked for it but we're full. Um, so if you are interested, we have a few spaces left. So put your name down, email, do whatever. Um, and that is it, guys. Uh, I have nothing else to say. Do you have anything else to say, Gary? No. Fantastic. It is too easy, guys. Keep it up.